listening to Law and Gospel on this Rumination Thursday, March the 18th in the year of our Lord, 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me on Thursdays is our good friend, Pastor Wes Reimnitz. Good morning, Wes. Good morning, Tom. Are you dry yet? How do you know I just had a shower? <laughs> I was thinking we, we shouldn't be talking. Oh, I was going to say we shouldn't be talking about that on the radio. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> no. I yesterday, I know when we went to the congregation for the first Lenten service, we had rain all the way there, and it was oh about three hundred mile round trip. But uh, we were very safe. We got there in time and had a good service. In fact, had a pretty good crowd for Lent. And now we're wow. going to another church tonight, and then of course Sunday. So, um, what are we talking about today? Well, I thought we would take a look at the Equity Act that uh, Congress is proposing right now, and in particular, e- e- Equity Act. Yeah, in particular. No, no, no. It's the Equality. Equality. Act. I'm sorry, Equality Act. Yes. Yeah, we want to be equal Not- here. I had not heard about it until I got the letter that President Harrison sent out to the 6,000 congregations of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And I was surprised to hear that the House already has adopted the Equality Act, and it's up to the Senate now to decide what to do with it. So would you please maybe summarize what this Equality Act is really saying? Right. This is the summary is coming right off of Congress.gov, G-O-V, and it's uh, H.R. 5, House Resolution 5, Equality Act. The bill prohibits discrimination based on sex, sexual orientation, and gender identity in areas including public accommodations and facilities, education, federal funding, employment, housing, credit, and the jury system. Specifically, the bill defines and includes sexual orientation and gender identity among the prohibited categories of discrimination and segregation. The bill expands the definition of public accommodations to include places and establishments that provide, number one, exhibitions, recreation, exercise, amusement, gatherings, and displays, and two, goods, services, and programs, and three, transportation services. The bill allows the Department of Justice to intervene in equal protection in federal court on account of sexual orientation or gender identity. Now, the bill prohibits an individual from being denied access to a shared facility, including a restroom, a locker room, a dressing room that is in accordance with the individual's gender identity. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're going too much here. You're saying that a male can go into a female's washroom now by law? Yep, by law. Well, it hasn't passed yet. Yeah, but if it does, that's what you're saying. Just because yeah. he says, well, I'm really a female, or a female can go into a men's washroom. Well, you know, that, that could also lead, and President Harrison points this out, that males 
can now try out for women's sports, and boy, they'll triumph over any woman. Yes, you know that 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 happened here about a year or so ago, and was from uh, a guy was permitted to to I think it was in swimming, and he was beating the girls' state records, school records, because of it. Because he said he was really a woman. Yeah. And we can't discriminate against him if he's going to say that. Well, that sounds like, and President Harrison points this out, that this has ramifications for the church. How so? Well, first in in education, because uh, a lot of of, uh, our colleges and universities are receiving federal funding for student loans and and, uh, scholarships. And uh, they could be denied that for holding to to what the scriptures say. You mean if the school holds to what the scripture says, the students will be denied federal funding? Yes, yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah, this is, you know, elections make a difference. And what's happened is with the Democrats... Uh, taking over both the House and the Senate, we're already seeing more abortions being paid for. And that means that, say, a hospital refuses to do abortions. Is that going to be a problem for that hospital? Right. In one article that I I read as a follow-up, pointed out that that act prohibits a hospital from stopping uh, abortions that medical staff would no longer have a reason. Uh, they couldn't have a con- conscience uh, to say that they don't perform abortions, that they would have to They'd be subject to federal courts. <laughs> what I find interesting, did you read what the Vatican just did? Yeah, that was quite interesting. Yeah, they uh, barred blessing of gay unions. In fact, the article is a lengthy article. The Vatican declared Monday that the Catholic Church will not bless same-sex unions because, now listen to this, God cannot bless sin. I think that's tremendous. Yeah, it, it, it kind of publicly puts it right where it should. Well, that means that if this law passes, even Roman Catholic priests are going to have to bless gay marriages. Right. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a, a a couple of sentences in the, in this bill that that talk about that uh, that discrimination against a married same-sex couple would be based as sexual stereotype that marriage can only be between heterosexual. So what the, what the bills would also outlaw is you can't say that marriage is just between heterosexuals. Yeah, uh, in the article on the Vatican, I just want to get back to that for a moment, there are, of course, a lot of gay leaders who are really dismayed over this. And here's what... Um, Executive Director of New Ways Ministry, Francis de Bernardo, said, Catholic people recognize the holiness of the love between committed same-sex couples 
and recognize this love as divinely inspired and divinely supported and thus meets the standard to be blessed. Now, when I read that, I just changed committed same-sex couples to pedophiles. Yeah, <laughs> you brought that up before. Uh, you know, not that I'm not that as serious as I chuckle at it, but uh, you know, as you read it, it kind of reminds me of of how you talked about that. There's the what the five or six types of way to to love that uh, English language doesn't bring out, but the Greek does. Yes, and there's that erotic love, which is has to be the love between uh, two homosexuals, and that is contrary to the will of God. And I'm really happy the Roman Catholic Church came out on this, as well as the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And there are a number of other items that uh, President Harrison really uh, talks about and also encourages our people to take a look at. Uh, one of them that I don't think many people realize, this situation with same-sex, uh, I'm sorry, with gender changes. There are those who indicate that an individual who goes through a gender change really has some problems uh, later in life. And there are articles showing. In fact, Amazon.com now no longer will sell books about those who change their gender and now regret it. And so they're keeping hidden from the American people what really happens in gender changing. And a lot of States are trying to put out the fact that it was illegal to speak out against gay marriage, that mm. nobody should be put in a position where they are told to repent of that. And that's kind of what we're dealing with right now. Right. Well, back to the Catholic situation, they, they call you Camp Less Sin. Right. Uh, I, found, I found an interesting quote that... Uh, Harrison uses in his article that I think we should take a look at, too, in reference to sinner. He quotes Martin Luther that says, Christ dwells only in sinners. How would we, how would we mirror those with, with what we're hearing out there from the Catholics? Because the Roman Catholic Church recognizes homosexuality as a sin, but they say something that's something that we would agree with. It distinguishes between the church's welcoming and blessing of gay people, but not their unions. Now, mm. I've had a number of people who are gay. It's like something they never lose. But when they repent of that, they attempt to stop from doing any of those uh, immoral practices, and some of them are very successful at that, well, we would not bar them from becoming members of the church and receiving the blessing at the end of the service. That's what the Roman Catholic Church is talking about. It's one thing to bless every sinner. Everyone is a sinner. In fact, every Christian is a sinner. But there are 
definite distinctions are made in the church, like for the Lord's Supper. If you are unrepentant of a sin or do not believe it's the true body and blood of Christ, then you can be prohibited from taking the sacrament. Because according to 1 Corinthians 11, there are negative consequences for such for such people. Uh, well explained. I, I I enjoy that. You know, and it, it fits with with uh, the quote that he had from Luther that Christ dwells only in sinners. When I read that, it reminded me of how in in our divine service at the beginning we had that confession of sins. I, a poor miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities. You know that it's all our sins. It's it's not the act that we're. It's not that we're an arson or a gay person or a heterosexual person or whatever, but it's the act of sinning that we are confessing. One of the big questions in light of President Harrison's letter to the church, this is a political issue. I thought the church is not to be involved in political issues, but on page two, President Harrison does a wonderful distinction between God ruling his church, and that's by his infallible word, and God ruling the state by eternal law, reason, and reasonable laws for the common welfare. And he quotes the First Amendment. Now, now if the churches are going to be punished for not blessing gay marriages or not allowing them to become members, the First Amendment says in the United States Constitution, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. And of course, when the apostles were told no longer to preach by the government, they continued to preach. And what's that great Bible verse that Paul uses about why they did that? Acts, I was thinking of Acts chapter four, verse 12, there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. There's that one. Uh, the one I'm thinking about is where he says that we obey the government uh, unless yeah. it causes us to sin. Sin, right. There's that one, too. So, both... go ahead. Oh, um, because of that, you're going to have a situation where you're going to have, if this law does get passed, the government bringing punishment upon churches that remain true to the biblical accounts of what marriage truly is, which is the marriage of a male and a female. That's God's plan, and not the marriage of two males or two females. They may think they're married, but in God's sight, they are not. 
Boy, that's really going to, if, if it were to go through, it's still going, going through the Senate, and it appears right now they don't have enough votes yet to pass. But if this was set into law, this, this really uh, will put uh, local churches to the test, will it not? Yes, and that's why President Harrison talks a lot uh, about the scriptures and that we need not fear what we're going to be uh, faced with. In fact, here's one of his. Um, Who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Now, what Bible verse comes to mind when you hear that? Blessed are those that persecute you. Yeah, the Beatitudes. Blessed are those. Yes. And he says, have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet we do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. And then he quotes 1 Peter 3, For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Right. And, and, uh, I mean, as he's quoting the scriptures just earlier, he talks about how we as as citizens of America may, may write our Congress reps and things like that. And under the law protest the action that's going on. Yeah, that that's absolutely an item that we need to do. I mean, people will, phone the government Christians because they have potholes in the street. That That's a danger. And so hopefully the city comes and fills the potholes so you don't have that kind of a danger. In fact, we put on sometimes close to a 1,000 miles a week driving to these churches, and I would say we've had at least six instances where we almost hit a deer. In fact, mm-hmm. one was lying in the road. Fortunately, I saw and I was able to veer away. But then, you know, the proper people need to be phoned so that they remove that from the road. So Christians can ask for things that are causing danger. And if you're saying that our students in our schools will not receive federal aid simply because the school has a biblical point of view, this Equality Act needs to be turned down and people need to be about the business of phoning the Senate and the House to make sure that it is not adopted. Yeah, and it's, and it's keeping in mind, uh, you know, when you talk about, you know, as you're driving down the road, keeping sight on things, it reminds me of what you said earlier in the week about Hebrews, where we are to fix our eyes on Jesus. So. That uh, and that's what President Harrison has in his explanation that you had of First Peter chapter three, that uh, as as we prepare our defense to this, that we remind ourselves that we are we are Christ and and Christ has died for our, for our, the sins of all mankind. 
Yes, a lot of people right now are saying, boy, this is a terrible situation that is occurring in the United States. It never had happened like this before. Well, guess what? I'm going during Lent, going through the book of Revelation in the seven churches. And are they ever messed up? In fact, there is some good in each church, but there's also some things with which God is displeased. And one of them, he refers to people who are acting like Jezebel in immorality and licentiousness and going against the will of God. And he encourages every congregation member to repent lest he come and have to bring judgment against unbelief. Right. I'm going through Kings and Chronicles right now, and you can see the, the, the corrupt governments that, that these kings came up with. And yet, as you as you read through it, you can see a thread of of those that were the faithful remnant that, that uh, believed God and took God at his word and not at these false idols that they put up. Well, isn't that the whole cycle of the book of Judges, where right. people fall away, then God permits another nation to attack them, they recognize their unrepentance, pray to God to help them, he sends a judge who cleans things up for a number of years, but then guess what happens? The people fall away again. Fall away again. And, and it should serve as a, as a warning to us, you know, as a caution that of our need to get the, the good news of the Savior out there. That, and, and I think uh, Harrison did a good job of, of talking about everybody, including the homosexuals, that, of Christ dying and rising for us, that there is a solution, and that solution is, is found fixing our eyes on Jesus. Yes, looking to Jesus. I, I use that, what you just said, when I was taking a look at the Old Testament reading a couple of weeks ago from Numbers, where they were bitten by poisonous snakes because they were rebelling against just not Moses, but also God. And they prayed that the snakes be taken away. Well, these serpents were not taken away. People continued to be bit. But instead, God said to Moses, create a bronze serpent and put it on a pole and then the next part is really quite interesting. Anyone who looks at it will be healed. And of course, people had to travel distances because there was no place the snake could be put up on a pole and everyone could see it. So the reason they traveled is they believed the promises that God had given to Moses that they would be healed. And we once more return to the Reformation that we are saved through faith, belief in the promises of God, and not by our good works. And I think that's the accent and the emphasis that President Harrison has in his letter, to trust the promises of God. And we may be undergoing great persecution in the near future, like the early church did, like the church at Luther's time did. In fact, like the church did throughout history, but we can be sure that God will keep his promises. Well said. You know, cling to Jesus, fix our eyes on, on him. And when we confess our sins, 
assured that we receive that absolution, that forgiveness from from as receiving it from Christ our Lord. Yes, exactly. In in fact, um, I want to read the gradual. This is a part of the liturgy, and some people use it, some people don't. For this coming Sunday, the fifth Sunday in Lent, it's a quote from Hebrews 12, verse 2. O come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. But that first line, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, that's what the repentant thief did in contrast to the unrepentant thief. And we know what happened to him. Today, you will be with me in paradise. And that's exactly what uh, Harrison said. This man receives sinners and, and eats with them from Luke 15. And it applies to us sinners that we welcome all others to join at the feet of Jesus, the soul's savior of all. And then he puts behind it John 3, 16. Well, I'm Tom Baker, and you're listening to West Rhinemitz. If you have any questions about what we said today, email me at lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com because tomorrow I respond to emails that we receive on Open Mic Friday. You can't phone me, but you can email. Till then... God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.